Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein, and with me, as always, is the culinarily delightful Karen Randazzo. Cancers like to put two sheets of fabric softener in the dryer. And the hash-slinging Chris Randazzo. Maybe Captain Planet is coming. <laughs> we here on this week's episode talk television. Uh, Karen, you picked this show? Uh, I sure did. Top Chef, season 14, episode 7, Booty. 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 Uh, I'm going to vote that we say that as many times as possible. <laughs> booty, 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 everywhere. Um, yeah, boy. You didn't pick this for any particular reason, right? It was just the It was name. just the most recent <laughs> when we recorded our last show. Okay. And, and I, well, it's not entirely true. After I watched it the first time, um, I just felt like it was a good, uh, it was a good showcase of a lot of the things that I like about the show. So I felt like it was a good episode to pick. Okay, so it's also had a pretty unprecedented ending. I mean, yeah, I don't think they've ever allowed that before, because I'm pretty sure it's come up before. Has it? I, it's. I, I think it has come up before. There was somebody offered up their immunity, and they were just like, no. The rules are the rules. It's got to be one of these two jackasses, and they pick somebody else. I think I seem to have a vague memory of that happening, but that sounds uh, familiar. But I'm not sure. Couldn't pinpoint it, and not even. In fact, it's real. it sounds like a uh, precedent that might have existed, and then caused the producers in future seasons, following that incident, to change the rules so that if a contestant did want to do that, it would then be possible. Hmm. All right, now is I, I I I am not a fan of these shows. I don't like the falsified drama of them. <laughs> the okay. elongated pauses, the commer- like I didn't watch this with commercial breaks. But what happens is it it they say a phrase, and then where would be a commercial break is a a slight pause, and then they repeat that phrase when they come back from commercial break. So whomever, wherever I got this from, nefarious means, had they done a slight bit of editing, I would have been okay. <laughs> but this is not, this is not a show for me. I don't find these, like, I, I just. I've seen that suspense thing you're talking about done. I, I don't even notice it on this show. I mean. Really? <laughs> there, I really? used to watch Hell's Kitchen. Okay. And. Oh, man. Hell's Kitchen is an hour-long show that's 45 minutes of recapping what just happened two seconds ago. <laughs> like, they, it, this show, I mean, I think they handle it as about as well as a game show can. They obviously want to add that little touch of suspense and drama, but it's not it's not overbearing. It, I, it, I don't know, man. I just, I just don't even really notice it that much. Yeah, it's certainly not perfect, but it's a lot better than almost every other reality show I've ever seen. And not that this is the biggest excuse in the universe, but boy, when you compare it to what else is on Bravo. <laughs> that is also true. Holy oh. Jesus, because we watched this on the Bravo Now app um, since we have a subscription to Bravo through our Sling membership. Mm-hmm. And um, every every commercial break that they throw in there was at least one commercial for their other programming, which is all complete and utter garbage. It's like the real housewives of, you know, West Orange, New Jersey. <laughs> the real housewives of, you know, Detroit. I, I don't know. They're just, it's, oh, God, it's so much. I don't know what happened to this network. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing is this episode is from season 14. So this show has been on the air for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're able to do more than one season a year. Like Runway, I know they do two seasons a year. But this, I think they just do one season a year if 
if they managed to get that much done. There's been like a little bit of bleed over because I was looking at it on IMDb. It hasn't been on for 14 years yet, but it's it's close. It's like But it's been on for a long time. A very what, long time, the yeah. point I'm trying to work my way towards is it's been on this show since before Bravo became a complete and utter garbage, flaming garbage pile. Uh, yes. I see. Like, I remember when this show came on and there were other shows on Bravo that were, like, worth our time. And then, like, this is pretty much... <laughs> One of them was Project Runway. <laughs> That's true. One of them was Runway. And uh, then it's... <laughs> I think Family Guy made the joke once. <laughs> they just did this this uh, j- the, this commercial for Bravo, and the tagline was, Bravo, somewhere along the line, we got really gay. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's it, it, it kind of was that for a little while, where it was just, like, you know, a lot of, like, gay television. Mm-hmm. And then it just became trash television from there. And... My goodness, the the stuff that is on this network. I don't want this to turn into a Bob Bravo bashing fest, but um, I I will say that as far as this kind of television goes, like for example, you mentioned uh, right before the show Iron Chef, mm-hmm. and Iron Chef is a lot more game showy, a lot more showy than um this this show is, for mm-hmm. example. I mean, okay. as far as like in the culinary world, this is a relatively respected competition. Like these aren't. Like these are serious chefs that are on this show. Like they are not messing around, and a lot of the people who win this competition go on to like do really, really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Iron Chef is a lot of a. Uh, granted, there's a lot of like really serious chefs and stuff that show up on that show, but it's got a lot of flashing lights. It's set on a stage, and it's like this is one competition. You have this is your secret ingredient, and then you cook the best you can with that secret ingredient, and then you're judged. And whereas Top Chef is a lot more. I don't know if it's necessarily harder. It's definitely a lot more uh, varied in the types of things that they make you do. Whereas it's opposed to something like Chopped, which has like a very specific, this is what we do every week. We, you know, you open up a box and you follow these rules and you go that way. This is like different challenges thrown at you for different reasons. And usually there's two sets of them per episode. There's a quick fire challenge and then there's the, you know, proper challenge, mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. actual the event. And this episode was relatively unique. They've been doing it for a while now, where it was a, a sudden death quick fire, where like usually the quick fire challenge is just here's a challenge, somebody wins, somebody loses, and that's that. But every now and then they'll just spring it on you, like, well, today whoever loses the quick fire is get it, is out of the competition. You're like, oh crap, and that kind of <laughs> adds up the. Uh, because usually it's just like the winner gets immunity for the proper challenge. Uh, what do they call them? It's the elimination. The elimination challenge. challenge. Jeez, it makes so much sense. You know the <laughs> challenge where they eliminate somebody. That's the that's one. That's called the elimination challenge. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> Silly me. Um, but yeah, and every now and then they do this weird uh, sudden death quick fire, and I was uh, I was kind of surprised at this one. Like even watching it the second time when we were just kind of like. I tend to watch this show only half watching it. I kind of listen mm-hmm. to it and then look at the food and pay. I, it's one of those shows I can subliminally watch uh, as opposed to like something that's really plot heavy. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we were watching it the second time, I was watching the, the people who were singled out for the, the quick fire elimination. And I was really surprised that a short Southern dude went home because they didn't seem to dislike his food all that much. And the, the, well, the sad that, looking that girl... The, the, they liked all of the food. His was just not showy enough. Like that. Like, yeah. On the second watching, what I noticed about his plate was that there was like almost nothing on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was really watery for a fire. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time we're watching this and they, they keep doing those dumb interviews just like, and what's your sign? And do you believe in this stuff? And every single time I'm like, no, astrology is bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, that one guy that was talking about the scorpion, like I wanted to punch him. Yeah. Like, oh, we always want John T. Sar to shut up. Always, always. That guy's just the worst. He's remarkably punchable. (laughs) Remarkably. Maybe he's a great chef. I don't know. Well, personality greats. Okay, these are the things that bother me about the show. Okay, Mm -hmm. one, it's not real cooking. That's not how a chef does their job. So it's not fair to judge them in this. Stupidly heightened situation, which is unrealistic. Okay? Most of these people are, I'm going to guess, most if not all of these people are phenomenal chefs. But that given, 
giving a phenomenal chef 15 minutes, excuse me, maybe a half hour, and random ingredients to make a masterpiece, that's just not fair or real cooking. Second. Uh, I disagree with you somewhat on that point. I will I will grant you that the situation is artificial. The challenge that uh, they have to accomplish can be an artificial situation. Mm-hmm. But they need to use actual chef skills that any chef would have in order to succeed at the challenge. And that's kind of the point. It's like that's like complaining that American Ninja Warrior, like, yeah, nobody's ever going to really need to climb a jumping spider. But, you know, that's the point. It's like, but all that, right, it's- you are a very good chef. Let's see what you can do if you put yourself in a very bizarre situation. And what's always been interesting to me about this show is seeing the stuff that they come up with because they put them in these insane positions and then these chefs come up with this shit off the top of their head based on things that they know, things that they can do and sometimes they they just come up with some amazing food Mm -hmm. and it blows my mind that people are able to do that. I, I think it's fascinating. Fantastic. All well and good. Why the fuck are they running around town in a storm to gather their <laughs> ingredients? Because it is TV. Because <laughs> it's, it's a game show. <laughs> like, why? Because I, it's I felt, not Iron Chef. I felt Chef. visibly bad for the pudgy dude who was, like, half a block behind the rest of his teammates. Like, come on. That's just not fair or right. <laughs> I I actually thought that the the one of the things in this episode that I thought made it really um, interesting was the impact of the environment on the production between the tropical storm having an effect on the uh, scavenger hunt. Although, like you know, it was tough on. I think it was equally tough on everyone. I don't think it gave anybody an advantage, one mm-hmm. way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the. It seemed weird to me that the event that they ended up cooking for, uh, they brought a whole bunch of people into the kitchen and just kind of had a party in the kitchen while the chefs were cooking. <laughs> Those were just randos? That, like, well, I they, yeah, they. this is something they do a lot where they'll have the chefs cook for an event or for a party that the show itself throws. Okay. But normally they don't throw the party in the kitchen, it's sort of, you'll be cooking at like you know this grand stately location that uh, you know a lot of times paid to you know be pro- product placed for a lot of lack of a better word in the episode as like a you know tourism bump gotcha. mentioned for them. Gotcha. I think what happened in this episode is that they had some grand outdoor location planned and then there was a tropical <laughs> storm and they were like, fuck, bum, bum, let's bum, just bum, have bum. the party in the oh. kitchen. Yeah, and that's what strikes me. Because, I mean, like, they did this whole pirate motif. There was, was not a ship to be, be seen. Like, <laughs> it was probably going to be done on, like, a pirate ship or something like that or some sort of pirate-themed outdoorsy thing. And then all of a sudden there's a tropical storm that, you know, the production clearly didn't plan for. And it, <laughs> that one guy made the R joke, which really bothered me too. <laughs> I love Sheldon. Um, what I felt bad for was the guy they made stand there and hand them the maps in the colonial pirate dress. Yeah. Like, really? Oh, you poor bastard in your community theater costume there. <laughs> you could tell they were not prepared because by like the very end, I want to say it was raisin, like the raisin bag. Like, mm-hmm. the tag got all wet, the the print raisin was all runny yeah. and streaky. I'm like, oh, they're not ready for this. I think that the, the elimination challenges aren't usually this kitschy. Like, yeah, this was a little bit There's usually out not there. someone dressed up like a pirate. <laughs> like, <laughs> really? They're not all pirate-themed? <laughs> but it, it's usually nothing quite like that. Like, I think this the most out-there kind of stuff that they've done before, like, that's just kind of, you know... You, pretend this is reality kind of thing is like when they've had Muppets on before. Like they did an episode where like Elmo was there and they had Elmo there talking to the chefs. Like the actor who did Elmo was there and he was behind a table and it was adorable. And, uh, but usually they don't really go this far into like costumey odd territory. Like they're usually not talking to someone in character. Um, I don't know. I, not that I'm like trying to defend the show. I'm not trying to sell you on the show or anything. Um, I'm I, just, I, 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 the 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 host, the female host, Padma. I 
nothing. No charisma, no like nothing. Oh my god, if you think she has no charisma, <laughs> you ought to see the original season 1 host for this show is a woman uh who I think she goes by just Katie Lee now. She yeah, used to be divorced. Katie Lee Joel as in married to Billy Joel. Okay. And she was an absolute stick figure. <laughs> they, they, they called her the Katie Lee Joel bot because she was just a robot. I love Padma. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just used to her after all this time. I, I think she's I mean, great. I am coming in completely blind. I have nothing to compare it to. I did recognize the larger fella at the end with the um, very overt glasses. The white glasses. Yeah, yeah. that's Graham Elliott Bull. He's been on a lot of these shows. I recognized him. I like, remember I him being bigger. I think he's been on MasterChef. MasterChef with Gordon Ramsay a bunch, yeah. Yeah, and I think he's been on um, a judge on Hell's Kitchen, too. Okay. Hmm. The, I'm not going to lie, I did almost cut a tear at the end. Okay, because... Oh, when he uh, fell on his sword. Uh, he, di- he did the very honorable thing by, by, you know, giving up his... What do they call it? Immunity. immunity yeah that was that was a that was a bold move and you know what i was that girl that was on his team mm-hmm. emily she's terrible <laughs> and every single episode so far she has just barely not been worse than the worst person there <laughs> like every single time she cooks something she's just barely not bad enough to get eliminated she is just skating by week after week and it's Something, things like that happen on these shows from time mm-hmm. to time where there's always like the, the somebody just you can look at them and see you are so in over your head but somebody else made it like she just does things that aren't good whereas somebody else will make a flat out mistake and right. ruin something mm-hmm. and well yeah, I, <laughs> the the point you know him him giving up his immunity and like they're like, are you sure like mm-hmm. is that your final answer and then they're like alright you're out and then she started to cry, and, she, and you know, you shouldn't have done that. And like, she's still in. I'm looking right, on uh, their Wikipedia page for season 14. They have this neat little chart of everybody's name and the episodes, and it actually has a color coding for uh, high, low, out, win, and in the middle. And mm-hmm. she is like. Fifty percent. We're not current yet, by the way. We haven't watched this week's episode yet. She's like fifty percent. That she's running at fifty percent. Where mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's like if she wins, let's say theoretically she goes all the way, she should have lost by the rules of the I game. Can't imagine there would be a way. Just watching her performance, unless she like turns things around and cat catches like a groove or something and starts to really figure out what she's doing mm-hmm. but uh which I, one I, was sheldon sheldon was the filipino guy he's the one who made the r joke yes uh, yeah yeah he's, he's got like some major back problems uh, okay he's he he his ranking he's always in the top it's, yeah it's because he's awesome so one thing like that you <laughs> One thing that I think has made this season in particular so good is we're, you know, I guess now there's seven chefs left if you're caught up to the most current episode. But um, for a while now, like, we haven't been able to tell who the last couple of people that are going to be left are going to be because everybody, not everybody is so good, but there are so many good people that you have a hard time seeing a lot of them like how they would possibly be eliminated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, so, earlier this season, there was a guy, Sam, who was from a really early season of the show who I thought was going to win his season. He made it all the way almost to the end until he made this bizarre watermelon and cheese dish. <laughs> <laughs> you guys laugh, but I bet that thing tasted good. I bet it. I mean, <laughs> it was the first time I'd ever seen anyone grill watermelon and I have since had grilled watermelon and it is absolutely amazing. Um, but, uh, he was, he was out really early in this competition. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised. Cause like that dude, after the show, like he went on to do, he's opened like a bunch of restaurants and he's, he's a ridiculously successful chef. Like dude's crazy talented. And like, that's kind of the whole point of this thing is like, it doesn't, it matters how talented you are, but there's no like pre-existing talent that's going to 
necessarily make you win this competition. It's how good are you on your feet. Mm -hmm. It's It's kind of like sports. You have to play the game. You you know, you can go in and say, you know, the stats say this team is better than that team. But, you know, until you actually play the game, you don't know what's going to happen. You have to watch the game. That's why people like sports. And that's why I like this show. You have to. You have to watch the challenge and see what happens. People who are great, like Jamie, uh, the guy who went home, I think stuff happened to him that, Mm -hmm. you know, if it hadn't happened, he wouldn't have gone home, regardless of the giving up his immunity. Yeah, if he wasn't stuck with chicken and peanut butter or whatever. Or if, you know, they they passed by it pretty quickly, but he said at one point his grill got shut off. That's Mm -hmm. right, yeah. Yeah, that's an equipment fail. That has nothing to do with him. But he didn't blame any. Yeah. He didn't blame his failure on that. Emily was so. quick to point out the 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 flaw in John. Yeah. Right, well, quick. John, quite easy to point out the flaws in John Tizar. No offense, dude. I'm sure you're you know being edited in a way, but he's being cut as a show's villain because that's what reality TV oh, does. What's that called in the rest? He's the heel? Yes, he is a heel. He is the heel of the show? I don't know. I, I'm i glad you guys like it. This is just not my cup of tea at all. I don't like... like Even looking at the food, I'm not a fan of fancy food. Like <laughs> Throw a burger on a grill, some cheese, maybe some bacon. I'm happy. That tartar oyster, no, that's not for me. So maybe it was just. I would never eat most of the food on this show, but I'm fascinated by looking at it. Like (laughs) the kinds of stuff that these people think of to put in food and to make it work. And then like to watch the judges eat and be like, yeah, I can, I I, I see that. I can find all the pieces. Uh, It's like, I couldn't be a judge. No. How the world do you do that? It's, it's, it's fascinating to me i mean we've been watching this show since season one uh we missed a couple of seasons because of our lack of cable Mm -hmm. and it's like as far as reality tv competitions go it is just i mean i swear the things that you're complaining about don't even sniff another reality tv show because it is a hundred times worse on just about everything else it's i i think this show is great i love it and i'm i'm glad we had a chance to talk about it i i will say that just the general events of the show, like this season so far, the 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 short guy who went out, uh, I thought he was a front runner for winner of the competition. Like I really did. I thought he was he was doing really well. He was coming up with some crazy cool cool stuff because like that dude, he like cooks for the governor, mm-hmm. and a lot of his food has all been like really simple stuff, like lots of biscuits, lots of fried chicken, like. I did freaking fr- the fried chicken and biscuit challenge thing that they did. Wow, they had this episode. See, like, a couple now of- that episode, I would have enjoyed fried biscuits. You should have seen this one, biscuits. man. <laughs> it was nuts. They so the whole thing's taking place in the south, and they went. They split the whole group into two two teams, and one of them went to this like rich white lady's house <laughs> and and ate the rich white people food, and then the other group went to this like this black guy's house and ate like all this great soul food. And it was like, it was amazing seeing like, and this is the difference between the types of people who live in the South. It just splashed all over the screen. And it was amazing watching like the two totally different experiences that the, the two teams had on the show. It was, it was ridiculous, but that, oh, that was a good challenge. Those biscuits made me hungry. <laughs> I could go for a biscuit. I, I will say, um, First of all, Evan, at least one time I bring you a show that you're not going to like, well, damn it, now I have to watch all 14 seasons. <laughs> this is true. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. I may go back for the Southern Hospitality one because that's episode two. <laughs> I just looked that up because it was collard green, turnips, coconut, peanut, crispy chicken skin. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, some, sometimes they'll do an episode where you're just like, I want to eat all of this. I want to eat all of it. Uh, the, there's one thing about this show that um, – I think makes it better than any other cooking show that I've seen. Um, and that's the um, the team aspects of the challenges. Mm-hmm. They find like sometimes they're individual challenges, but they uh, they usually find a way where the chefs have to rely on each other in some way. Um, and 
you know, whether they're on a team together or whether it's some kind of relay or whatever. Um, and that's kind of how it works in a real kitchen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the kitchen is a team and everybody helps each other out. And this, uh, this, the, particularly the elimination challenge in this episode was a really good demonstration of how you can live or die by that because it felt like the winning team, their menu was cohesive. They all worked together. They all agreed on what they wanted to do and had like a plan and their food all went together. Right. And it was all really good. Whereas the losing team, they didn't work together. The John was treating Emily like his sous chef. Like he just expected her to break down all the lobster and like didn't give her any help. Mm -hmm. They were just like, they gave Jamie all the shitty ingredients. They were like, hey, you go do this thing. And no matter how it turns out, you'll be fine. But none of them tried to like help him make it good. Well, like, he was the you know, only one who actually thought, and it seemed that it was an afterthought, but if his one portion is so bad, it brings down the rest of the team. Yeah. Right. So, That's, it's just not a good way to play when you have somebody with immunity on your team. No. I mean, Tom said the same thing. They shot themselves in the foot just by doing, there was a really dumb plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. I so I just, you know, the the, the whole uh, team aspect of it, I felt like was really, it, this was a really um, good way to showcase how that uh, impacts winning and losing on this show. And that's one of the things I love about this show so much. All right. All right. Um, let's take a quick break. Uh, we got a bunch of news to cover in the second half, so... Uh... Stay tuned. Into the Vault is back with another peek into Chris's collection. This time, we get a look at his big, long, hard Master Sword replica. He certainly knows how to handle it. Just ask Karen. If you're breathing heavily in anticipation of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Chris's sword might just be able to satisfy you. For now. Click over to the Geek Aid YouTube page to watch Into the Vault, episode 24, Master Sword Replica. Speaking of heavy breathing, hormones are seriously rampaging in the latest installment of Karen's Back to Hogwarts series. Plus, Snape's story takes some complex turns, Ginny Weasley comes into her own as a character, and Dumbledore and Harry team up on a new... project. Don't miss Back to Hogwarts, part the sixth, located in the Think Tank. Speaking of teaming up on a new project, our friends Brandon and Travis over at Apathetic Enthusiasm got tired of waiting for season three of Rick and Morty, so they started up the Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. Episodes one and two are available now at apatheticenthusiasm.com. To celebrate their debut, Brandon gave us a bonus top 10 list of his favorite episodes. Check out Geekade Top 10, Rick and Morty, and subscribe to Interdimensional RSS to get new episodes every two weeks. Speaking of top 10 lists, Chris and Jonathan have played a lot of Mega Man games and faced off against a lot of terrible robot masters, so they decided to rank the worst ones in a versus top 10 list. How do the lists stack up against each other? How do they compare to your own least favorites? How much do they hate their number one picks? Spoiler alert, a lot. They hate them a lot. Find out the answers to these questions, plus a lot more than you ever know you needed to know in a Geek Aid Top 10, Worst Mega Man Robot Masters. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekaid.com. Chris. Hi. Are you ready for your Dragon Ball Super 60-second summary? I am. Then came go. up with the name all by myself. You are. I am impressed that you came up with that, plus I'm impressed that I got it out in the first try. I am, too. <laughs> Chris, whenever you are ready. And... 
Go. Okay, so uh, after the whole Gohan movie thing, Goku, he's bored. He doesn't have anything to do right now. He wants to train against somebody, but nobody's around to train with. So he's just plowing fields by shooting energy beams, which is incredibly dangerous and goes remarkably awry. But his wife thinks it's a great idea because he gets to you know train himself and he gets all of his chores done. So his son, Gohan, shows up and he decides, all right, I'll train with you for a little bit. And then they start blowing up everything. Like they take a bunch of mountains nearby. And they're like, okay, we can't do this anymore. So Goku decides that he goes to train with his old best friend Krillin, who is incredibly weak by comparison. Uh, but you know, it, Krillin, he's a cop now, and he, he's kind of gotten weak over the years. So Goku and Krillin train together, and they go back to Master Roshi's place, which is where they trained together in the first place. And Master Roshi told him to go out into the woods to get some weird flower thing. They went out of the woods, and they had this weird like place where it was a clearing where all these previous villains showed up, including Tambourine from the original Dragon Ball, who was the guy who killed Krillin in the first place. And now they got to figure out how to get Krillin not so scared anymore. And that's the end of the episode. One second. Wow. Yeah, I win. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. You're very welcome. And that's what happened on Dragon Ball Super. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials and keeping up with Chris and his breakneck speed reading of Dragon Ball Super. Oh, there's no reading. That's all coming right out of my head. <laughs> really? You don't write that shit down? That's impressive. Oh, that's half the fun. If I wrote it down, <laughs> I can practice and time it. Like, no, I, no, that's not the fun. Completely extemporaneous. There's Ooh. a $10 word for you. Wow. Good word. Yeah, good meaning. Nicely Off done. the cuff. Um, all right, Karen, I'm just going to say the title. So at least let me get through that before you squeal. Okay. Amazon Greenlight's Neil Gaiman's limited series adaptation of Good Omens. God, you guys! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> I I know Neil Gaiman. I'm a fan. I I've never read Good Omens, but this article gives a brief brief summary of what the book is about, and I'm probably going to go out and pick this bad boy up. You really should. Um, it's full disclosure. It's my favorite book ever written. Uh, I didn't say best, you know, it's not great literature or anything, but it's really entertaining. It's really well written. It's um, co-written by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, mm -hmm. um, who are, you know, obviously we know who Neil Gaiman is. Terry Pratchett is a, uh, was, excuse me, he's recently passed away, um, but he he's a well-known fantasy writer, and uh, both of them have similar British dry senses of humor. Um, and it's the story of the end of the world. Um, and it's hilarious. And I'm so happy they've been, people have been talking about getting this thing made into a movie or TV show forever. And it's never happened. They've never found the right, you know, I don't know, person to do it, project combination of factors to put it together. Um, so they just cut out the middleman and having Neil do it? <laughs> like I guess. That's the right like, thing to, to do, I guess. To have him in charge of it, absolutely. He's the He's showrunner, not going to fuck it up. Yeah. He's um, not going to let anybody fuck it up. All right. Brief description. The show is set in 2018 on the brink of an apocalypse as humanity prepares for a final judgment. But follies ensue. Ooh. As a fail. A zero, a a zero, zero fail, fail. A somewhat yeah. fussy angel and Crowley. <laughs> Crowley, that's like Sam and Dean. Uh, a demon aren't enthusiastic about the end of the world and can't seem to find the Antichrist. See, like, that's enough of a sales pitch for me. <laughs> I'm in. I've read some of the book. It's really good. And I'm not a book person. Like, I fall out of books all the time unless they're about video game history. Yes. <laughs> or Harry Potter. And, like, I've made it through a, a bunch of this book. It's really good. Yeah, uh, me, in conjunctions me. with BBC Studios... <laughs> I mean, this all seems right. All of it seems right. Um, one of the names attached is Caroline Skinner, who was also um, an EP on Doctor Who. So, yay, I'm on board. Yeah. Well, you would have been on board even without that. Come on now, let's be honest. I don't know. You know, if, if it was the wrong people or it sounded like it was going to be a train wreck, I'd be like, no, don't ruin my favorite book, please. But this know. does not sound like a I, 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 This I, sounds like a good time. And I can't I believe have, I have to wait until 2018. But very, very good feelings. What are you going to do? Um, wow, we're having some serious issues right now. Yeah. Let me mark this down. 
48. Karen's signal is very poor. And I can't tell if it's, I'm pretty sure it's Skype. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely Skype. Like, everything's recording fine on our end, but, uh... Karen? Should we hang up and... No. Let's see. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't get any of that through my headset. But I'm hearing myself. Yeah? What What is that coming through? Interesting. It's probably coming through Skype. I mean, I can I can hear myself like an echo, like I can hear myself coming out of somebody else's, because whatever the who you like can also myself is you can probably hear up. in your headphones Karen's microphone being picked up. Probably, Karen, try talking again. Okay, I'm talking now. Can okay, you okay, hear me? Yeah, we're back. Now we're back. Okay, we're back. Cool. We're back in biznatch. Uh, Forty nine. It all seems good to me. Um, Chris. Hi. I knew this one would appeal to you, so that's why I threw it in there. Um, I'll see if you can get through the title without me squealing. (laughs) Samurai Jack Season 5 will premiere. Squeak! (laughs) Damn! (laughs) Um, So, has it been 13 years? Mm Mm-hmm. It sure has. Wow. Wow. All right. uh, March 11th, we're getting more Samurai Jack. We are getting the promised conclusion yes. to Samurai Jack. We've talked about this on the show a little bit before, but quick refresher, Samurai Jack, the show, uh, it concluded without actually getting a conclusion. And it years ended and years without later, getting a conclusion. Exactly. It ended without getting a conclusion. And years and years later, when it finally was released on DVD, inside the DVD, there was a note, like a, a letter written in there from Gendy Tartatovsky who said, I will finish this someday. You will have the ending. Um, I'm slightly terrified by it because um mako uh who was the voice of aku mm-hmm. who was such an integral part of the show he he passed away uh, a good long while ago so i'm not sure who they're gonna get to voice aku uh, uh but at the same time is coming back okay i knew i read someone yeah. was coming back and i couldn't remember who it yeah, was jack's coming back yeah. and that's all that's equally as important as aku uh, I hope somebody can do a really good Aku impression, because um, the who, the I can't remember who they got to do uh, Uncle Iroh on mm-hmm. uh, Avatar when he passed. But he did a good job, but he was no he was no Mako. Right. <laughs> there was there was no replacing that man. Uh, so anyway, I am I am unfathomably jazzed for this. I really wish I had time in my life to watch the series over again. I mean, it was three seasons. It's an animated show. But the thing with Samurai Jack is I can't... Like, a lot of what I do as far as rewatches is I put them on when I'm at work and I mostly listen to them. I have watched Samurai yeah. Jack... You can't really half-watch Samurai Jack because it's an incredibly visual show. They'll mm-hmm. go long spans of time without actually saying things. Like, a lot of the show is watching what the, the characters are doing. Um, it's just such a remarkable show. Gosh dang it, I love that show. <laughs> I was uh, one of my favorite things about it. Uh, one of my favorite things that's that's. <laughs> I just I don't know why this sticks out in my head so much. There was a point during uh, Adult Swim where Adult Swim was playing Futurama, and at one point Adult Swim said on like in one of their little promos that Futurama was the most beautiful piece of animation on television. And uh, Matt Groening got back like he got back to them and said, "No, Samurai Jack is." <laughs> oh wow! Good on. That's the right answer. Well, how much longer? A little over a month? I think so. I mean, they originally said it was coming back 2016, so we'll see. It seems like it has an official date now. It seems like it's going to stick. We haven't seen anything yet except for a very brief teaser and a couple of still images. Mm -hmm. So they're keeping this really under wraps. And Gendy Tartatovsky hasn't headed any show that I didn't like. Um, and I thought his last show was a real tragedy that it got killed as fast as it did, which was a symbionic titan, which I wasn't surprised it got canceled because it was a really strange show. Mm-hmm. Um, not very action figure sellable, right, <laughs> but right, uh, right, right. it was a really, really cool mythology behind it. 
Uh, you could tell that it was a real love letter to shows like Voltron and uh, like Gigantor. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I mean, it's, come on, the Dexter's Lab, Powerpuff Girls, like Tartakovsky's work is is amazing, and Samurai Jack is 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 really really remarkable TV. Uh, it's it's just goofy enough to still be a cartoon, but also like really amazing in a lot of ways. Uh, I should probably do an episode of Samurai Jack as one of my episodes one of these days. I'm sure you'll. I'm sure you will. Um, apparently, next up, uh, next article. I di- I didn't realize that we were doing a Glee reunion. <laughs> um, I I will admit that I've watched a lot of Glee because yeah, us too. I, I like acapella music. Um, and and the show was good. It was it was <laughs> like yeah, it's, it was, it was undeniably fine. good in the beginning. I and don't it, remember Supergirl being on it. I don't remember her either. I totally, rem- I totally remember Flash. I do. I totally remember Grant Gustin, and I um, think I remember this guy. Uh, the, the article is the fact that uh, f- is it just Flash or both Supergirl and Flash having a no? All right, I, Flash Supergirl musical crossover I, are both of them musical? I think because I, I think I read it's gonna like they did for the four parter. It's gonna like end. Supergirl's episode and then go through mm-hmm. Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of them is going to be a musical, or if not both of them, a musical episode where they actually sing because mm-hmm. most of the casts of those shows are singers. <laughs> <laughs> like, all of them can sing. Uh, I'm so excited. Yeah, Jesse Martin in particular. Oh, and yes. Uh, we got a little Jesse Martin. Last season, yeah, we did with the alternate reality before the. I'm curious him. about Victor Garber. I want to see that. And this says that uh, it's gonna have. Um, where did I just see it? John Barrowman in it. Yes, Barrowman's gonna um, sing as well. <laughs> yes, but he's not even on Flash or Supergirl. Like, how are he's, they? He's part do of the that? Arrowverse. It's fine. No, I know. I'm excited. <laughs> he's yeah. just gonna show up. He's, he heard someone was singing. <laughs> And I tell you Riding what about Jeremy <laughs> Jeremy Jordan who plays Win on Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Um he uh he starred recently in a movie adaptation of a Broadway show called The Last 5 Years. Mm-hmm. And I watched that mm, when I was on maternity leave, so not too long ago. And ever since I saw that movie now when I see him in Supergirl <laughs> First of all, his character in that is like a super jerk, so it's hard for me to like see his character in Supergirl and still find him likable. But also, like, I just want him to sing, and now he's going to. Yay! Yay. The actual article is about the fact that the villain of the episode is um, what do they call him? Mu- Music Meister. Music Meister, but it's going to be played by uh, Darren Kreis. And he was the guy on Glee. He was. He uh, was. Um, what's his face? His boyfriend. Yeah, and a fellow warbler. He was. was he, the, he, he was, was his a, boyfriend. Yeah, he was Kurt's boyfriend on. Because uh, okay. remember, like Kurt fell for the, the warbler on the yes. warblers, and then the Flash was the bad guy warbler who was like, <laughs> "Oh, you went to the other school. I took over things here. Now I'm all suave and shit." <laughs> God, I do not remember Grant Gustin on Glee at all, and now oh. I want to see this shit. Oh, my God, oh, what a douchey he was. As soon as you see it, you'll remember. It'll click in your head, and you'll be like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of want to have my mind blown that way. That's, gr- that's great. I, I Oh, it's great. We'll I miss to- Glee being good. That was such a fun show. We'll have to do an episode of Glee as well. <laughs> uh, but there we go. Glee, music, fun. Flash, Supergirl, good stuff. Yeah, that sounds like happy. a lot of fun. I'm when very, is this going to be? March 20th. Yes. Uh, Evan, have you seen the episode of Batman Brave and the Bold they're talking about? No. Oh, man. So I haven't seen a ton of that show. It's really good. What, really what are they talking really about? What are they talking about? What? 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 In the article, they talked about how um, the uh, music maestro was previously played by Neil Patrick Harris yes. on the episode yes. of Batman: Brave and the Bold, and that was excellent. Yes, I think I actually Batman: have Brave and the Bold is the it. comedic, uh, relatively comedic, but sometimes just serious enough cartoon that aired recently of Batman starring Dietrich Bader as Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, Plastic Man was in it too i liked him yeah he always teamed up with somebody he had a great version of aquaman mm-hmm. who was like just hysterically <laughs> over the top yeah it's that was that was a good show that was a really good batman show 
Uh, all right. Uh, Stephen Colbert is going to host the 2017 Emmy Awards. Apparently, the hosts must be from a late night show. Of It just has to be that way. If it's an award show, it will be hosted by a late night talk show host. I'm okay with or it. Or Chris Rock. So he goes. Uh, Chris, did you did you post this next one purposefully? The Santa Clar- Clarita diet. I did. Okay. I'm. Did you watch that? I did watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there's a Netflix show coming out with. Um, I don't want to. Uh, it's Drew Barrymore and Timothy off with his pants. <laughs> Timothy off with his pants. And I didn't make that up. That's <laughs> no. From, that uh, is TM. Another great podcast called Extra Hot Great. Uh, shout out, big fans of the show. They're totally not big um, fans of the show. They don't know it ex- we exist, but I love them. So let me just explain to you what happened. I'm looking for news to bring up on the show, and I just see a headline that Timothy Oliphant and Drew Barrymore are in a Netflix show. I was like, okay, I'll watch a trailer for that, <laughs> and it starts off, and I'm like. Okay, Meh. this looks cute. This looks weird. What the hell is going on? <laughs> this looks awesome. I, I, I feel like she's a zombie, I guess. I think she's a vampire. Like I, I think was thinking, she's a cannibal. Well, see, I was thinking that at first, and then I started thinking <laughs> okay. zombie. Hold on. And then by the end of the trip... <laughs> you have to realize that each one of us came up with a different story about this show by watching the same trailer. <laughs> there was something about the very, because originally, originally I thought, is she, is she just a cannibal? Well, maybe she's a zombie. Cause then there was like, I was almost smelling a weird supernatural element to it. But then like towards the end where she like jumped on somebody and bit their neck, it almost made me think she was a vampire. I don't know what's going on in this show, but I'm really interested. <laughs> we'll we'll post the link for the trailer in the show notes. You be the judge. You let us know what you think she is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's not even actually a trailer. It's just kind of like one of those about the characters. I'm, I didn't even look up to see if there's an actual trailer for this show that describes better it's, what it is. It's quite long. I was quite surprised. Yeah, there's a it's lot a of little, information given except yeah, for what she presentation is. Presentation kind of thing. Um, I'm fascinated. <laughs> yes, it, it, I'm glad I saw. I'm glad you put this up here because I would have never, probably never seen this. There's a lot of Netflix stuff coming out now. Um, uh, la, 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 la. Kristen Wiig is joining Last Man on Earth. Do either of you watch that show? Not anymore. Okay, I like Kristen. We gave Wiig. it a shot in the first season, and we lasted maybe half the season. And I think that. If I remember right, like we thought it was funny, but like nobody on the show was likable, so we just didn't want to keep watching. Yeah, that and like got that drifting thing going on. Hello. I can't I curse I can hear you. Okay. Hello. There we go. Okay. Yeah, you, I also had the problem with it being called The Last Man on Earth, and there was like 18 characters. I remember you saying the that. First season, I was like, I, I, no. <laughs> I remember you saying that. I don't know. I'm not interested in this show, but I like Kristen Wiig, so good for her that she's getting more roles. This yeah, is- I, sorry, to, to cut back in, I don't know what... The official IMDb description of the Santa Clarita diet, <laughs> Sheila and Joel, a married couple, are real estate agents in Santa Clarita, California. When Sheila dies, their lives take a dark turn. Okay. So so she's dead. I guess. She's dead. So She might be a zombie. She might be a zombie. But she might she, be an iZombie situation. She, Indeed. But, okay. Are they the Vampire could still work. Undead. I don't know. Isn't that like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, all right. So we'll, once we find out more about that, we'll let you know. Kristen Wiig, uh, mysterious recurring role on Last Man on Earth. Eh. Um, this was interesting. The, the Red Zone article? Yeah. That you put up? I did. <laughs> wow. I feel like somebody's got to be really pissed off about this. <laughs> I, I apparently okay we've we've discussed about the red zone before it is an online sports service that only shows the game when they're in the red zone when a, a team is about to score and so it's just like the good parts of the, the game 
But apparently, by them not doing commercials and all of that stuff, they have saved NFL watchers 35 hours of commercials this season. That's a lot of commercials. That's a lot of commercials that people watching football aren't watching. Yeah. And it's funny because... It's a lot of trucks and beer and (laughs) snack food not being sold. That's right. Those Doritos aren't going to sell themselves. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. (laughs) Um, Apparently, the amount of commercials really hasn't changed that much over the years. Uh, But almost 70% of the people that they polled in this little this little thing uh do you think nfl games have more or less of the same amount of commercials 70 percent of the people believe yes there are more commercials <laughs> it's not they don't it's about the same it's the fact that everybody's now comparing it to the other formats like red zone or netflix or what like people are growing to hate commercials so they have to figure a way around that. And I feel a resurgence in product placement is going to happen. We will see Doritos in bags, on tables. Um, the I want to see the footballs filled with Doritos and they explode when they get a touchdown. <gasps> Nacho cheese everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, I thought that was amazing. 35 hours. They did the math. <laughs> 35 hours per season. Wow. Um, you had mentioned... Did you re- mention Rick and Morty while we were... Reco- Rick and Morty while we were recording? Yes. We're about was, to talk about Samurai Jack. Oh, well, we all... Oh, it was a commercial. During the commercials, we talked about Rick and Morty. Um, <laughs> How you doing, Evan? <laughs> well, we talked about Samurai Jack, and then uh, that just tied into cartoons for me. Um, this article was... Interesting. Give absolutely no information except that Dan Harmon is the reason we have not gotten to season three yet. Yeah. It's funny when I saw this story in the feed and I just saw the headline, you know, Dan Harmon explains why there's no season of three of Rick and Morty yet. I was like, before I clicked the article, I was like, is it because it's a Dan Harmon show? (laughs) And that's the answer. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And like they become very, very popular. So they're putting the effort and the time into making it a, a better season than the last, hopefully. I still got a leg up on uh, Venture Brothers. That's also very true. So, nothing, no, no, no news. Hopefully, we'll we'll get it. Th- we will get a third season. They say we will, just not when. Oh yeah, it's happening. Um, it was supposed to happen last year. It's not. It didn't. And as of right now, no announcement for when it's going to happen. I guess it's good now that creators are able to take their time with, you know, making sure that their shows come out the way they want them to. Mm-hmm. But maybe they have a little bit too much freedom. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Gotta rein them in guys. a bit. <laughs> You're not God. You st- we still want our TV. <laughs> um, okay. ESPN is canceling the sports reporter. I've actually seen this show. Oh. I have. I, I mean. So, I've never heard of this show. Yeah. Apparently, it's been on for like 30 years. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's a bunch of news reporters talking about the news. So, it's a roundtable type discussion. It's, it was, it's been on for a long time. 30 years is a long time. Um, it's gone through like May, two, three hosts, if I'm not mistaken, over, over its span. But it's a shame. I, I, I just, I'm not into sports now, so it really doesn't affect me. But, Seeing a, a show that's been on for 30 years go away, that's, you know, that's like a piece of history. Um, it's going to be replaced by an hour-long version of E60, and I do not know what that is. I'm assuming it's a sports-related show, <laughs> seeing as it's on ESPN. Way to go out on a limb there. <laughs> ah! Uh, it's uh, like a news magazine show. Or ma- a sports journalism magazine show. What? Sure, those are all words. Yeah, they just they just slap those all together. Uh, so less sports reporter, more E60. There you go. Chris, I know you're excited about this next one. <laughs> I yeah. know it. Apparently, well, it, what tipped you off was it the fact that before I posted the uh, link, I wrote the word barf. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the most popular TV sitcom on television right now 
is getting a spinoff. <sighs> Sheldon Cooper will have uh, his character will have another show based on him as a 12 year old. I know you're all clamoring to find out more. This sounds so terrible. Yeah. This sounds like such a bad plan. Like, even if you like The Big Bang Theory. It's not, allegedly not about like The Big Bang Theory. Right. But even if you like The Big Bang Theory and you want something more from that universe, this is a show about a quirky, precocious 12-year-old. No. Not fuck it. that. Nobody wants that. Not it. So we're not excited and about this. Th- <laughs> As I read further down in the article, and that Jim Parsons said in the interview that he uh, he's there's been a lot of jokes written in the bank, Big Bang Theory about what Sheldon was like as a child, mm-hmm. and it sounds like that's what they based creating the show out of, which is like, oh, we wrote a bunch of jokes about this thing, let's make a whole show about let's it. Let's no. stretch each one of those jokes out as far as no. they can go. That's not how you make a good show. <laughs> you don't just say, hey, we've joked about this a whole bunch. What if we actually did it? No, 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 that's not a good idea. Well, I mean, talking about this brings me to my next topic uh, about shows that I do not want to see come back. Uh, <laughs> my Super Sweet 16. Woo! Coming back to MTV. Woo! Thank God. <laughs> oh, God almighty. There weren't nearly enough spoiled children on TV. Now we're getting more. Oh, my God. How, why is this a thing? I mean, to be honest, I didn't know it was off the air. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> MTV is bringing One it back. One of the things I like about this this article is that it said that it's a... Uh, let's see. Um, the format... This is... Uh, the article is coming from Entertainment Weekly, which is apparently done on WordPress. Good, good for you guys. Good on them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at this at work, and I, I do work for StoneAgeGamer.com, and uh, I think, yeah, their architecture is based in WordPress, so I kept going to Entertainment Weekly, and it's given me, like, the options to log in at the top of the screen. I'm like, that doesn't seem right. Like, I shouldn't... <laughs> Let me try. Is this really just WordPress? Wow, Entertainment Weekly, okay. Um, so uh, the format will be open to girls and boys willing to unleash their inner Veruca salt. Aww. The occasion can be other coming-of-age events aside from a 16th birthday bash, such as a debutante ball or a quinceanera. <laughs> no. Yay. No. <laughs> so it's equal opportunity spoiled bratism. Yes. Yes. Oh, boy. Aww. I really hope there's a show about that kid whose bar mitzvah stopped me and Karen from going to dinner at the Hard Rock Cafe that one Oh, time. my God. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about that. That's some inside baseball, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay, let, let's, let's change the tone here a bit. Something <laughs> we actually want to see come back. On, uh, we're not getting new, but we're getting... Robert Stack back. Oh, the creepiest man ever to grace television. Unsolved Mysteries is coming to Amazon streaming. Yeah, the old Robert Stack episodes. I think there was like newer episodes. Like they reinvented this show a couple of mm-hmm. times with different hosts. And I mean, I've never watched any of the other ones because like no, this show used to freak me out. Yes. Like, And it was Robert Stack. Watch- that was it. Well, it wasn't just that. It was like the mysteries, man. It was all those poorly acted, uh, like recreations of the situations. Like, man, that stuff freaked me out. Like, my friends were all talking about how, like, oh, just did the latest episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? It was spooky. I'm like, dude, watch Unsolved Mysteries on like Sunday morning, and it's just it'll blow your mind. Man, Unsolved Mysteries was so good and creepy. It was almost like it was like th- that and Rescue Nine One One. Remember Rescue Nine One One? Oh yeah. my! How did that become God. a show? It was like William Shatner just reenacting Nine One One calls. <laughs> <laughs> Who thought of that? That was brilliant. Uh, in the article, I love this line because Amazon loves you. They are bringing back twenty-four episodes from the late eighties, which is the uh, stack era. Um, there is a Farina. I don't know who that is. Dennis Farina. Okay. That I sound- didn't know he hosted that show. Huh. That sound that, that name sounds familiar. Uh apparently- he was in Snatch, he was on Law and Order. I'd have good to see- dude. I'd have to see his face. But apparently he did a couple of sh- um episodes as well. So 
Yeah. Gonna have to figure out a way to make it easier for me to turn on my Amazon account. Damn, this ran for 16 seasons. Yeah. Long time. Wow. Long time. Yeah. Long Dennis time of creepiness. Freeman played himself. 174 episodes. Robert Stack did 286 episodes. Dude, Robert Stack did the show from... Wow, holy... Holy heck on a cracker here. Robert Stack himself host 1987 to 2002. This show was still on in 2002? It went to 2010, didn't it? I didn't know it went on that long. Holy uh, crap on a pita. The episodes that went up last month were the iteration of the show that was hosted by Dennis Farina, which aired. It's Farina, right? Fuck. So it looks yeah. like it came back. It looks like it came back in 2008. Uh, 2008 to 2010. So I can't imagine Dennis Farina doing this show, man. That's because he's like a really kind of charismatic dude. He, <laughs> he's got some some gravity to him, but like half the thing with Unsolved Mysteries was how unbelievably creepy it was. You were and a- Robert Stack was just like, you're going to die. You were afraid like, <laughs> to see Robert Stack anywhere in your life. He just showed up and just like, I know you don't think about it right now, but you're going to die. <laughs> and it might be one of the people I'm about to talk about that's going to do it. <laughs> Robert Stack was creepy, man. Just creepy. Robert Stack, big fan of the show. Big fan of the show. That's not that's not show. That's not true. He passed away no. in two thousand three. He was eighty four. Way to go, dude. <laughs> and Karen uh, and apparently Chris as well. You'll be happy to know that Top Chef is returning for season fifteen. There you go. That's not even kind of surprising to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's Bravo. It's probably one. Of, it's I'm assuming it's one of their better sh- like better performing shows. So, oh yeah, it's, I can't. It's, and it's won a bunch of Emmys and whatnot. Yeah, it's it's a friggin' institution as far as like that kind of stuff goes. So, more of that. And there you go. That's all I got news wise. Uh, I do. I think I may find this, but there, uh, the uh, Oscar nominations. Right, they came mm-hmm. out. Yep. And yes. unfortunately, Deadpool was not nominated, <laughs> and I don't understand why because. Ryan Reynolds put out an amazing for your consideration video. I'm gonna he throw did. I'm gonna throw that link in the in the show notes because it was the last thing I watched before we started recording and I still am giggling inside about it. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> I wanted to put the Oscar nominations in a news feed, but it is not oh. really related to television at all. No. But just to connect it to television a little bit. Um, one of the best actress nominations is for Ruth Nega, who played Reyna on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Which, at first, the first when I first realized that, I was like, exactly what your reaction, I was like, wow, that's, you know, seriously humble beginnings. And, you know, <laughs> wow. to go from that to Oscar in, in a couple oh, of years. Good then I realized one of the other nominated actresses is Michelle Williams, who got her start on Dawson's Creek. So maybe I should shut up. <laughs> so um, friend of the show, uh, my buddy Jonathan, he and I chat via, you know, Facebook and, and, and text. And we have this ongoing thing about how everyone has started their careers on Smallville. Okay. You really need to look back because it is shocking how many people came out of Smallville. If it wasn't Smallville, it was Dawson's Creek. Or Law and Order. <laughs> Those are more seasoned. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. All right. Chris, give us your spiel. What spiel? You know the spiel. It's the spiel that says you can get in touch with us at com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Evan is at Geekade underscore Evan. And Karen is at shoot underscore the underscore moon if you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight be sure to check out our show notes and while you're at it you can also subscribe to this and any of other wonderful podcasts on itunes or stitcher where if you're super nice you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated again always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day back to you evan is that what you yeah it was that one about? yes so oh, okay that one yeah. okay you can get in touch with us <laughs> <if not. laughs> well all right chris it's your turn yeah. It is my turn. What do you got? Uh, let me let me get my uh, pen ready. Hold on. Uh, 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 okay, go ahead. 
this was a last minute audible uh, for me because uh, I, I had all right so I had a plan and then I had a different plan and then I had yet another plan and this is going to be a an episode that none of us have seen yet uh, because this show really needs to be this show desperately needs to be talked about I have so many things to say about it uh, so I am going to say that next week we are going to watch the two-part season finale of season one of The Good Place. That's episodes 12 and 13, Mindy St. Clair and Michael's Gambit. Good Place. Okay. All right. We'll check that out. This show's incredible. I, you have, you, I, wait, you have, but, oh, it's not, they haven't aired yet? Is that they aired. I, me and Karen haven't watched them yet. We we watched the first part of it before the show tonight. Okay, and we haven't watched the second half of it yet. But it is available currently. It is available. Okay. Yes, it just aired the other day. It is available. Okay. All right. Beautiful uh, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate all the the joyous cooking fun that we had earlier in the episode. Oh, of course. So from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. Please pack your knives and go. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.